to me, it's a big part of communication and helping the teens think about what they want to look like. I do a lot of um, Pinterest or pulling up pictures. So what do you like? Show me what you like. Why do you like it? What about it do you like? Um, if, you know, their midriff is a part of their body they really like, and they're seeing everyone else wear crop tops, they might want to do that. But okay, well then let's come up with a rule of if you're going to wear a crop top, let's make sure that the pants are high enough. This is Mom Squad Pod, your weekly update on tips, tricks, and all things parenting with Maureen Kyle. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us here for the Mom Squad Pod podcast where we talk all things parenting, but today we're going to talk a little bit of wardrobe therapy. Now this goes for if you have teenagers in the house and you're trying to dress, I don't even know if it's just teenagers. I mean, I have trouble dressing my eight-year-old sometimes all the way up to some of the issues that we just have in our minds. And this is based on an awesome conversation that I had with our guest, Callie Abrams, the wardrobe consultant. Callie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to chat with you, Maureen. You know, this conversation started a few months ago. We were talking about trends, which is always fun to talk about trends with you. But then talking about how to get teens to dress and and just, uh, you were telling me how you become almost a therapist while you're helping your clients with some deep-seated misconceptions that we have about ourselves, which I thought was fascinating because, you know, even as I'm going through my own closet and, and I'm thinking, well, I can't wear that or that color doesn't look good on me. I don't know where I'm coming up with that. <laughs> and so. just so you know, I am not a licensed therapist. Right. So <laughs> it is not coming from a place, but it is something that I've seen come up over and over again with people. So there are ways that I've learned to push back yeah. um, and challenge some of those preconceived notions that people might have. It's the best kind of therapy. It's like the, the sister you need in the dressing room with you <laughs> to right. tell you the truth about what you're wearing, what you're not, you know, supposed to wear all of that. Let's start though. But we're not related, which is good because then there's no like sibling competition. So when I'm exactly. like, mm, yeah, I don't like what that's doing to your behind. You're not like, oh, my sister's such a, you know what? It's just like, oh, okay, well, cool. Then what do we do to make it look better? Right. right. Doesn't have that baggage. Well, let's talk first about, you do have clients that are teenagers or preteens and and how does that work when families bring you in to uh, to help with that struggle because it's always a struggle with kids that age yes so I would say the bulk of my clientele is probably women in their 40s to 60s that's probably the the main part of my book of business but what often happens is if a mother and or father or family is finding themselves not able to sort of navigate that with a preteen or a teenager, or they don't have the time. It's a super busy working mom. That's like, I don't have the time or the wherewithal. Like, I don't know enough about it. It, I sort of equate it to getting your kid a biology tutor. You know, I know I might not be able to help them a little bit with their biology, but at a certain point I'm like, yeah, this is beyond my scope. Um, so it's outsourcing in that way. Um, Sometimes there's body image issues between a mother and child. So it just diffuses some of that. So, so what do you, let's say, 
Um, Cause I, I can already see this happening in my own household. It's so funny, you know, I, it took me years to appreciate, you know, learning how to dress and dressing nicely and, and, you know, matching outfits and, and which labels look best on me. And I have a gorgeous eight-year-old daughter who loves to wear the free t-shirts that she got at some run or that she painted in art class and some hand-me-down shorts. And we're already, she just turned eight. And it's like, I bought you this really trendy outfit and she wants to wear the free t-shirt. Or you know, I'm sure other families, they have kids who wanna dress a little, um, you know, girls, girls, I'll say girls, have been dressing a lot more grown up than I did when I was 12 or 13. Oh yeah. So, a lot more skin. We can oh, thank the Kardashians for that. I'm sure it's social media and I'm sure it's a lot of yeah. other outside influences. And I know I would not be left let out of the house and I was too afraid, but I'm sure that's a, another struggle that you see. So where do you begin if, if a mom is listening or a dad is listening and they're starting to see that struggle in their household? Okay. So first of all, full disclosure, it's not like my child was not wearing those free t-shirts either. Okay. My child or children, but my daughter in particular really went through a major phase of wearing her brother's sweatpants and big t-shirts. She still sometimes does. Um, still your girls do that. All the, only because they cannot figure out how to match. I match the socks. Yeah. Somehow they get mismatched. They get mismatched. Or, like it's a pastel outfit and then bright red socks or, it, yeah. you know, but yeah. I just roll with it. And I hope that, that the uh, public, the general public is forgiving. Right. Right. So, um, so again, I, I went through those struggles too, just because it was my profession doesn't mean that my children chose to listen to me. Some of that is their job in all truth. That is part of being a preteen and a young adult is sort of pushing back within a limited place and trying to figure out who you are and receive the approval from your peers, right? That's part of growing up. So I purposely did not spend a ton of time challenging my kids and my daughter on that. Like if they wanted to wear that to school and it felt within the dress code rules of the school, hands off. That being said, as a family, we sort of knew that there were certain places. And then there were also things that we talked about in terms of appropriateness for those specific places. Because I felt like, and I do this with my kids, the clients that I work with that are young adults also, it takes the struggle and the onus off of you shouldn't be wearing that. It's that in this environment, this is what is considered appropriate and respectful. And the same way if we saw someone wearing a ski suit to overnight camp, you'd be like, what are they wearing? Like, it doesn't work with the weather. Like it, it was a disconnect. It's the same thing. There are some places you can wear really short shorts and there's some places you can't wear really short shorts. And so Again, not that we had no struggles in my home at all, but I think that helped a little. And as an aside, when we were getting ready for the high holidays this year, my 17-year-old came downstairs and where we go to worship, we generally wear like longer sleeves and skirts that hit the knee. 
So she had this dress that was longer sleeves, but it went up on the sides. So like from the front, you could see it covered her knee, but on the side, it went a little micro mini. And she came down, she's like, yeah, it's fine. I don't think it's okay on the side. I think it's too short. I got to go change. And I was like, parental win. I did it. You know, I didn't even have to tell her. She knew. And that I, I really was like, I heard the, the heavens open. I was like, yay. It, so what I'm hearing basically too, it, I'm thinking like, okay, what if a couple of years from now, you know, all I can think of in my head is even just over the weekend, we saw a girl, we were, we were out at a shopping center. We saw a girl, she had sort of like, I don't know, it was sort of like a lacy, not quite fishnet, but like lazy black tights, really short cut off shorts. Um, her hair was dyed yellow, not blonde, yellow. And my daughter took notice and she said, mommy, did you see her? She had yellow hair. I said, well, what did you think of that? Did you like it or did you not like it? And she said, I liked it. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I could see in a couple of years, I'm going to have, you know, a, a preteen come down and maybe an outfit like that. Um, and and I mean, I remember my parents, even my friend's parents telling us, you can't wear that. That's not appropriate. And, and you kind of mentioned it, the headbutt. So where do we, can you incorporate some of that? Do you allow them to incorporate a piece and a part? Or, um, you know, when you work with clients, do you see that allowing freedom in, you know, the, the jeans or the, or the top or the accessories, does that seem to keep the piece or is it, is it more like let them wear the full outfit somewhere and then, you know, a little bit more conservative later? So I think that with preteens and teens, they don't want to look like their parents, right? I mean, that's just like teenagership 101. <laughs> they don't want to look like their parents. They want to look like their peers. So I think it's double or triple complicated from when we were growing up because of the whole social media thing. Um, and you saw there was just this whole report put out about how Facebook acknowledged that what's happening there is not good for the mental health of teen girls, right? So they're seeing all this, they're seeing people dress certain ways and they aspire to that. But yet then at home to be more conservative, they're like, oh, I'm gonna look like my mom. And for you and I, it might be an equivalent of saying, okay, well, I have a teen, you know, a preteen or a teenage girl. So I don't want to dress like a 20-year-old, but I also don't want to dress like my mom. Again, nothing against like Chico's, but and I have some pieces from Chico's that I really like, but I don't want to look. My mom looks great for 75. I don't want to look like a 75-year-old, right? And she doesn't want to look like a 50-year-old. And I also don't want to look like a 17-year-old. So um, I think it's, to me, it's a big part of communication and helping the teens think about what they want to look like. I do a lot of um, Pinterest or pulling of pictures. So what do you like? Show me what you like. Why do you like it? What about it do you like? Um, if, you know, their midriff is a part of their body they really like. And they're seeing everyone else wear crop tops. They might want to do that, but okay, well then let's come up with a rule of if you're going to wear a crop top, let's make sure that the pants are high enough. So there's not that much showing. And maybe it's like a four finger rule. So again, it's giving them 
um, man, I can't think of the word, but like authority to be part of the process. And again, just not being their parent automatically takes half the struggle away. And, and I get it. And I'll, I also think that when they, if they want to wear a crop top and we talk about, okay, cool. Well, if you wear a crop top, let's put a big oversized blazer over it because then your parents aren't going to feel like you're naked, but you're going to still feel like it's cool and hip and you'll wear the mom jeans, but then you'll put on the um, combat boots and they're like, yes. Okay. Yeah. So they're having authority in what they're wearing, but it's, it's like being a negotiator. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And I'm just thinking that it almost leads me into my, my next topic. Uh, when I think about dressing and, and teens, the body image that issues that come up. I mean, I even just had a friend who um, was telling me her daughter picked out an outfit and then, you know, a week later was like, let's return it. I don't look good. I, you know, and you hear teens say things. I mean, I'm sorry, not just teens. You hear everybody say things like, oh, I just look fat in this, or I don't, you know, my butt looks big or something. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like I remember being a, a teen in early twenties. Um, gosh, it happens now, but I don't say it out loud as, not, as much. Right. Like, oh, I can't go out. I look horrible. I look fat. I'm fat. I can't go out. And that's sort of negative self-talk. Um, when you encounter that with clients, a, a teenage client, preteen client, like if, if a teen does, you know, have a, a different shape, I mean, we're all different shapes, but, but a shape that they want to um, dress around, how do you help with that and then also coaching the parents into how to figure out how to dress certain body types. So again, I think you hit the nail on the head that the struggle isn't just as a preteen because we carry it into our adulthood. And we also are susceptible to what we're seeing in on the television, in movies, in magazines, on social media. And half of them are totally filtered on top of it. They're not just face filtered, now there's body filters. So you can have, you know, a six pack of abs and all that stuff. So I don't think it is. So I think with parents, it's not a matter of coaching. First of all, it's never about the kid's body. And even when I work with a client, it's never about their body or the flaw in their body. It's about that we need to find the clothes that fit them. They're not supposed to fit in the clothes. None of us are meant to fit. We're all different shapes and sizes. And when a brand develops clothes, they use a fit model. So they try to find the average for everyone, but that average is not gonna be the same for everyone. Even forget sizes. Just how about proportion of from your torso? Like, are you long-waisted? Are you short-waisted? Are your legs longer? Are your legs shorter? What's the proportion between your knee and your ankle in terms of boots, right? No one, you can't change that. That's not to, like, there is nothing that is going to change that. So it's finding the clothes that fit you or making them fit you as opposed to the reverse, which I think a lot of people have that mindset. Ugh, my worth is tied to if I can fit into clothes and it's not because no clothes are, it's not what, unless it's a sack, 
unless it's a potato sack, it's not fitting everyone. So I think that from a parental standpoint and from a client standpoint, a lot of what I work with is creating visual balance and proportion. And that's different for everyone. And there are different tricks. It's not, it's not universal. So a lot of times it's very, you know, something should hit shorter. It should hit more on your hip. No, it should hit more mid thigh. And it changes with what's in fashion also. Right now, waists are getting higher. Pant legs are getting longer. So shirts are getting shorter, but then jackets are getting longer, right? So it's all these proportions, but then how does that work within your individual body? So that where some people are built like this, you know, more triangular, some more inverted triangle, some more circular, some more rectangular. The goal is that we're looking for proportional top to bottom. So uh, a Marilyn Monroe-esque hourglass, but not as severe. So it's creating that, that visual balance. How much of your job would you say is undoing negative self-talk uh, from teens through adults? So I don't think it's necessarily negative self-talk. I think it is more making the process fun and less intimidating. So some people already are having fun with it and that's great. And they still have that little bit of negative self-talk, but it's how to make it fashion fun and enjoyable and not intimidating and that you feel flipping fabulous when you're dressed because we all have the ability to do that we also all have the ability to sort of give up and or think that it is frivolous. And that's where I would sort of um, disagree. I don't think it's frivolous because I think when you feel good, when you look good, you feel good. And investing in yourself in that way is almost priceless, not to sound like a MasterCard commercial, but... <laughs> It really is. So I don't think it's, it's, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, you know, you mentioned things like, like crop tops and, um, and I have to laugh to myself because, you know, I, I look at all these images, you know, I shop online, like the rest of the world right now, we did a lot of shopping online and there are so many outfits that I, I bought the end the model on the website was probably about six foot, gorgeous, dark skin, perfect abs, crop top. And then I get it in my household and I'm pretty much the opposite of that. And it, it doesn't quite work. And I can only imagine, like I remember, I mean, even tying in the teens, I remember trying so hard with trends and kicking myself, like, why doesn't this look right on me? Why don't I look like the person that, you know, was modeling it in a photo, which I know we've, adults kind of get around that and realize like, okay, I'm not six foot model from, from some foreign country, but, um, you know, that has to be really hard in general. And I'm sure you see it firsthand uh, for certain people to realize that maybe a trend might not be for them or, or can you, make it work for somebody who, um, you know, might not look 
the exact way it is on models? So most of us are not models. <laughs> That's just, a, most of us are not models. So I think there's the ability to take trends or things, I would even say less trends, but things that feel current and modern, which usually comes from the trends and interpret them in a way that can work for everyone. But again, it's not a one size fits all sort of thing. So, um, you know, a shorter shirt, sometimes that might mean tucking it in, but for some, some people's figures, they might not be tucking in their shirts and that's okay. So then what are other things we can do to sort of uh, fake it out? So have you seen, sometimes we can do this with, um, it's already built in and sometimes we do it not where a shirt, uh, like almost a button down is hanging out from a more cropped sweater. Sometimes they make it where it's like the sweater and the shirt all together. I think Autumn Cashmere does a few of those in 525. So that gives the illusion of a crop top sort of, but yet you're covered and you're not really wearing a crop top. So there are different ways to make it happen, but a lot of it is, at least when I work with clients, it's very individualized and personalized. And I also take into account some of their personal quirks, which whether you're an adult or a teen, you have those also, you know, higher waisted jeans are very in right now. I have a client who's like, I hate them. They give me a stomach ache. I don't like anything touching me that I don't like it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, fine. So you should not be wearing, like you should not be miserable because of it. Just because they're quote unquote in, there are 95 ways to skin that cat. We'll figure it out. So it's not getting boxed into whatever those rules or trends are either. And I think it's a lot of self awareness about what are the things that are really important to you and make you feel good and sort of tapping into that. Like, oh, when I wear, like I always ask clients, like what's an outfit that you feel awesome in? And like, I don't have any. Okay, well, if tomorrow you were gonna go meet your future husband's parents or whatever, what would you wear? I wanna see what that is to have that as almost a gold standard or the best of what it is. And then we wanna try and replicate that so that all your outfits feel pretty darn good like that. You mentioned, I said this was based on a conversation that we had months ago. And in that conversation, you talked about how when you're in the dressing room and maybe a client says, oh, I can't wear, let's just uh, like green. I can't wear green. And when you dig a little deeper, it, that's a, a deep-seated misconception. Talk to me about how, um, you know, maybe some of the things that we think are not for us or we should be wearing, you know, is based, is baseless, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we had talked about that. I think we talked about orange for the client I'm thinking of, but green works also. So yes, it is not uncommon that I will have a client that says, oh, I can't wear you know, green or orange or whatever. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense. There's 850 shades of green or orange. One of them, if you want to wear orange, we can figure out a way to make it work. Very often, and as a mother, I think I'm probably extra sensitive to this. 
their mom or their ex-boyfriend or someone in their life told them they couldn't wear that. It might've even been someone that did one of those color wheels back in the day that said, you're a spring, a summer, a winter, a fall. And I know people get very hung up on colors that they can and cannot wear. They're absolutely colors that bring out the most in people and some that drain them and make them look a little blah. But there's also a ton of tricks to sort of fix that. So if you really wanna wear orange and orange isn't your color, all we have to do is find a scarf or a necklace or a blazer or something that's a color that does complement you. And then you can wear the orange all you want. <laughs> But um, yeah, a lot of times those things come from deep-seated conversations that happened at other times, whether it's a parent or like I said, and very often they're not true. That being said, if someone wants to try it, we can make it happen. If it's something where they're like, it really, like the high-waisted jeans, it really makes them uncomfortable. You have to honor that also. So I think it's sort of balancing knowing what are the things that are worth playing and experimenting with to make it fun and not pressureful. And what are the things to honor to say, yeah, you know what, I have a bunion and I'm not going to wear a heel or a pointy toe. That's not comfortable for me. Yeah. And it's funny because when you brought that up, I was trying to remember like, did my mom ever tell me anything like that? And then I started to panic. Like, am I I mean, my, my girl right, am I doing that to my kid? Am I doing that? You know, and it is like, I'm trying to guide them and like, oh, the free t-shirt that you painted a unicorn on. No, you know, but then I don't want them years later on some, you know, therapist couch somewhere saying like, my mom told me I didn't look right. You know, is, is there, you have to do it all the time. Is there language or are there phrases that we can use to be more encouraging and um, not give our children the impression you can't wear that or you are, that doesn't look right on you. Is there a way to be um, more encouraging about trends or colors or outfits that do look good on them in a more positive way? So first of all, I think we all try not to mess our kids up and we are doing the best we can with the tools we have. That being said, there's something else we're not even thinking of that probably is having a huge impact on them that they will be on a couch one day talking about. And we just have to know that we're doing the best we can with the best intentions. So you are freed of any guilt on that part. Um, what I try to do is I think a lot of it has to do with not that that doesn't look good on you because that's a you statement. So it's a... I think we could do better. Or when something, you know, sort of even like when the kids are little and there's negative, they're trying to get your attention with negative behavior versus positive behavior. When it's positive behavior, you're, you're um, enforcing it with compliments. So when you see your child dressed in a way that you're like, oh yeah, that looks fabulous. You look so grown up. You look so sophisticated. You look so, you know, I can't wait for grandma and grandpa to see you in that. Oh, that's awesome. And like I think we talked about earlier, to me, a lot of it has to do with appropriate dressing for the appropriate environment. And as adults, we've all struggled with that in the last 18 months anyway, because everything has changed. So 
what's appropriate on Zoom, what's not appropriate on Zoom when I see someone in person. You know, we're all struggling with that too, but knowing that there are things that are appropriate to wear in specific places and I think tuning your child in to that fact is a great gift you can give them. There is something, what you are going to wear to an interview is different than what you're going to wear to a concert with your friends. It just is. And knowing that and talking it through, I think helps give them the, the tools to start, like you said with your daughter the other day, you're like, oh, what did you think about that girl that you saw? Again, it's not a judgment. It's an awareness of, okay, great. So this is appropriate for this environment and this is appropriate for this environment. And we don't all need to be the same. We can put our own uniqueness and personality into it, but you're not wearing a snowsuit to camp. You'd look like a fool and you'd be really hot and uncomfortable on top of it. Right, right. Um, to wrap up here, I, whenever I have you on, on Zoom or in an interview, I love asking, you kind of touched on it before, but um, we're getting into real fall here, fall trends. What would you say since, you know, just for fun? I mean, what, what should we be incorporating into our wardrobes for the fall? Incorporating into our wardrobes for fall. So I think we talked about it a little bit that blazers and sweaters are sort of getting a little longer, not necessarily the duster super long, although those are okay too, but that mid thigh, that kind of boyfriend blazer feel, I think is great and modern and also quite comfortable, which is really nice. Um, a straighter leg pair of jeans. It doesn't mean skinnies are out. I would still absolutely wear your skinnies, but if you're going to add something new, I'd add something that was maybe more stovepipe or straight leg. Um, sweaters are always amazing. Saturated color. I think that's another thing I've seen a lot of is this highly saturated. So it's not like a neon and it's not a pastel. It's a really, if you think of something really, really saturated, whether it's a purple or an orange or a blue, but something just bright, I think it looks really good on Zoom if you are Zooming or on TV. Where can people find you if, um, if they're thinking that they need some help with their own wardrobe and uh, their, their own uh, style? Where can people find you? I am at thewardrobeconsultant.com. Yeah. TheWardrobeConsultant.com is my website. It gives you all the information. You also can sign up there weekly. I put out a blog that often answers a lot of questions that come up. So that's totally free. And I'm also on Instagram at The Wardrobe Consultant. And I would say the stories are the best there because it sort of gives behind the scenes. And sometimes I'll show what I do with clients and stuff like that. So I love all the outfits you put on Instagram. <laughs> oh, thank you. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for all the great advice, especially when it comes to dressing those teens or, or even ourselves. It's always a struggle. Right. It's not easy. The force be with you and we will yeah. all get through it together. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mom Squad Pod. We'll see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.